On this week's jam-packed episode of 88 Problems of Sports Day 1, presented by TheOhioSportsBlog.com, Charles and I preview the Browns and the Buckeyes' big weekends in football for both of them as the Buckeyes continue their path to a Big Ten championship and a, hopefully a berth in the college football playoff. And the Brownies, after the resurgence last weekend, look to keep that momentum, hopefully get that win number three and keep the... In, close out the season on a winning streak. We also dive into the college football playoff rankings, who controls their own destiny, what the Buckeyes need to do to get that college football playoff berth, and uh, who to watch out for from the bottom of the list. We also have Mike at Woke Up Winnings picks this week, five from the NFL, five from the NCAA. Take them to the bank. We have winners, so let's go. Any problems with Sports A1 is proud to announce our partnership with at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is your daily fantasy sports prop bet app. Download it now for iOS and Android. Go to our Twitter page at 88 Problems SAO and pinned to the top of our page is a link. Get $10 for free when you sign up uh, for with Thrive Fantasy. Play your prop bets. They are going fast. It's a great partnership. Go to our, our Twitter page at 88PromsSAO. Go to the link. Get your $10. Get a bet on some prop bets. And let's win some money. 88 Problems of Sports A1 podcast is brought to you by NCSD Apparel. They can be found on Twitter at NCSD underscore apparel. They were established this year in 2018. They make t-shirts from the 330. Represent Northeast Ohio everywhere you go with shirts from NC Sports Design. You can shop now at ncsportsdesign.com. They have a promo code NCSDNEW at checkout. Get 20% off your purchase for any new followers. That's NCSDNEW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase if you're a new follower. They have a great new shirt. Go to their Twitter site right now. They have a shirt. They have a Muni-Lot shirt. I'm ordering this thing, getting 20% off right when we're done by entering the code NCSDNEW at checkout. All right, Charles, big weekend this weekend. The Buckeyes um, travel up to East Lansing to take on the 18th-ranked Michigan State Spartans. Uh, Spartans pose a little uh, little problem. They have veteran quarterback, veteran running back, always play good defense. This is going to be quite the test uh, for our Buckeyes up north this weekend. Yeah, Michigan State always plays us tough. Um Lewerke, their uh, veteran quarterback, has not been too great this year. His completion percentage has is, is uh, under 60%. So, you know, that's one thing that um, the Buckeyes have going for them. Um, the fact that they also got their run game going last week against Nebraska is pretty good. But, you know, Michigan State always plays them tough um, defensively. So we're going to have to establish a run um, against a tough uh, front seven. Um you know, and I'm looking to see Dwayne Haskins step up because, you know, he hasn't really been um, 
great these last few games. You know, he had to throw 70-something passes against Purdue, um, and that was mostly dictated by the score. And then you saw last week him struggle against Nebraska, thank God for the run game. Yeah, the Buckeyes would be well served to uh, stick to the game plan of last week with getting Dobbins 20-plus carries. He had 163 yards and three touchdowns, and then mixing in some Mike Weber in there and limiting Dobbins to, you know, 25 to 35 passes would be good because then his completion percentage would be uh, really high, which would be good for them moving the chains and being able to keep the ball against him uh, because their defense really is their weak link uh, on this team with their secondary really struggling and the linebacker play not as good as we had hoped. Yeah, exactly. Um, The linebackers have struggled this year. Um, Part of that, I think, um, we've been saying it all season, is the coaching, you know, um, Bill Davis, you know, has not done a great job replacing Luke Fickle, you know, as the linebacker coach. Um, he's recruited well. He just doesn't um, coach the position well, it seems like. Um, and then Greg Schiano with his defensive scheme where he's playing his linebackers up close to the line, you know, it's really put them in bad positions where they've ended up on slot receivers this year. So, you know, Michigan State runs, um, and I would say, an archaic offense. Um, now in college football. Um, so, you know, hopefully um, we can step up um, and, you know, come to play, you know, because, you know, we're this is going to be a road test for us, you know, and we, we have to start making – we have to start getting good-looking wins, you know, because there there's still a few teams um, ahead of us right now in the rankings. And, you know, um, we have to that, – that Purdue loss looks really bad right now. Right now it's the equivalent of the Iowa loss right now going to be an anchor this year if we don't start winning some ball games by some wide margins yeah the the Buckeyes have they we've been talking about this last couple weeks Buckeyes really have everything in front of them a a good solid win up in uh, East Lansing would probably not only will it springboard them to uh, you know propel them up in the rankings of the playoff but also propel them to the end of the season I think next week they have Maryland followed by uh you know, the big game against Michigan at the end, where Michigan is ranked fourth this week in the college football playoffs. So that's going to be a huge game for them. And uh, the Maryland's going to be a cakewalk, so it'll be a game. It'll be basically a working bye week where, you know, so this is a huge game here against the 18th-ranked team in the country. Uh, well-coached team, They and like you said, they're a more ground-and-pound type uh, team where they want to keep possession of the ball, keep, keep the score down into the 20s, and, you know, use their running backs. Uh, ball-controlled passing, so, you know, keep the score down but be able to keep the ball for a long period of time, get your offense out of rhythm, and get you get into a little fist fight here on the ground and see who can come out, play the better defense, and see who can come out the winner. Yeah, they played they play old-fashioned, you know, Big Ten football, you know, classic um, smash mouth, um, try to get you to fight it out with them, you know, dogfight type of game. So, um, you know, it's it, teams don't often respond to that we saw um, Michigan beat up on them. You know, let's hope Ohio State does the same thing because at this point, you know, like I said, we got to keep making impressions. Um, what I'm going to be looking forward to or looking for in this game, um, I want to see Haskins step up and step up when he's under pressure. You know, because he hasn't been too great when he's been faced with pressure this year, um, and he hasn't been really accurate the last few games. He's been um, uh, throwing the ball pretty high, overthrowing his receivers, which, you know, is uncommon from what we've seen earlier in the season of him. 
So I'm going to be looking for Haskins to definitely improve in this game as well as to keep the run game rolling, and hopefully the defense steps up and makes some plays. Yeah, that after the bye week, the defense wasn't really uh, wasn't really impressive against Nebraska. But Nebraska's an ever-improving team, and their offense does do some things that could pose some problems. Whereas I think Michigan State's offense maybe plays into the hands of Ohio State a little bit. It's more run-oriented. Run they're not going to get it back there and throw it 40 times. If they are, they're probably getting beat. Um, so they're going to run at you. And the strength of the Ohio State team is the defensive line and probably the run-stopping of the linebackers. Uh, their strength probably isn't, you know, and their secondary is not their strength right now. And neither is the underneath pass coverage. So Michigan State's offense may play into the hands of Ohio State, and especially if Ohio State can jump up, you know, take a touchdown, maybe a 10-point lead on Michigan State, then Michigan State will have to get out of their game plan of running the ball, running it, keeping the ball, and it'll have to get out and maybe air it out a little bit more, which could play into the Buckeyes' hands and lead to a victory up in East Lansing. Yeah, if we can force Michigan State to be a passing team rather than a run-first team, you know, I think this game will definitely be ours very easily. Um, you know, um, controlling the game with Dobbins and Mike Weber on the ground, but you know, definitely forcing them to um, forcing the, forcing them to uh, make plays. You know, um, and to put our secondary in better positions. You know, I'm hoping that we play a little bit more zone. We've been playing a little bit more of that recently. I'd like to see more of that because it seems like our secondary seems to do better um, with that. Um, and then you know, um, I'm hope I'm also hoping to see if uh, Brandon Brandon White start, you know, because I think he earned it last week after the way he came in for um, as or Jordan Jordan Fuller, who was uh, ejected early in the game for um, a questionable um, targeting call, to say the least. And then you know, we also had Isaiah Pryor miss last week, so you know, um, we sh- we give Fuller back this week. Um, hopefully, um, word is, is, uh, Meyer has not decided between Sean Wade and Brendan White at safety. I think it's pretty clear cut that, you know, Sean Wade should be playing the nickel corner and that, uh, Brendan White needs to be starting opposite of Jordan Fuller at safety. Yeah. You mentioned Dwayne Haskins earlier and how his completion percentage has kind of, kind of gone down at Penn state. He was 22 of 39, 56.4% for 270. Um, then he went to. Indiana was 33 or 40 for 75%. Same numbers at Minnesota, 33 or 40, 75%. But since then at Purdue, he's 49 to 73, 67%, which is still a fantastic percentage. But then he dropped to the lowest of the year so far, 18 to 32 against Nebraska, or 56%. So be looking for a bounce back game from him to, you know, get that percentage back up. And I think the run game is going to help them a lot more to keep him in that 25, 35, maybe 40 passes a game so he's not, you know, out there chucking it 50, 60, 70 times um, so they can keep moving the chains and moving the ball down the field. Yeah, you know, I think that was kind of part of his struggles last week. You know, he wasn't used to the run game um, being so uh, being so on point, you know. Um, you know, he wasn't relied on as much. So, you know, I think he, uh, he noticed that. And, you know, I think that – contributed to some of the mechanics that he was making with his throw. So um, hopefully this week he realizes, you know, that, uh, hey, it's good to have a run game, but we still need you to be on point, especially when you're facing a team like Michigan State, who's always dangerous late in the year. They always play us tough. 
and it's going to be a hostile environment in East Lansing. Yeah, and you're probably not going to get the best uh, weather up there in East Lansing either. It's, it, I think it's calling for at least you know cold weather, if not some snow and maybe some rain. So it could be an old-fashioned Big Ten slugfest up there, uh, defensive-oriented game. And whoever comes to play, whoever brings an edge and attitude to this game will probably come out on top. This is a big game for both teams because the Buckeyes are still trying to get to that Big Ten title, get through Michigan, get to the playoff. And Michigan State still, you know, they're still looking forward. Do they keep winning in Ohio State? If they beat Ohio State, Ohio State knocks off, um, you know, Michigan. They're still right in the thick of things as far as that goes. So, uh you know, moving talking about the college football playoff, a little shakeup in the playoff this week as Alabama knocked off number three LSU and Georgia knocked off Kentucky. I was a little surprised to see the Buckeyes stay at number ten, though, Charles. Yeah, um, I was a little annoyed by that actually. You know, um, to see um, you mentioned LSU. LSU got beat um, by Alabama. They got beaten pretty badly. Um, and they uh, they're, they have now two losses, and they stayed in the top ten. How does Ohio State not jump them and they don't drop out of the top ten? That, that, that's just annoying, and that just shows a complete lack of um, – a complete lack of awareness by this committee. You know, um, I don't care if it, it shows, and you know what, it shows favoritism to the SEC, to be honest, too. I don't care if, if, uh, who they lost to. They have two losses. You should be dropped out of the top 10. A one loss Ohio State, Ohio State team, Ohio State team should be ahead of them right now. It's a little ridiculous that they're still in the top 10. Um, you know, West Virginia, I could kind of see them jumping ahead of them. You know, they, they, you know, to be fair, they beat a good Texas team, you know, who had beat a good Oklahoma team that's down there in the top 10. So, yeah, I could see that. But, you know, uh, to, to, to have um, another SEC team like that, you know, it just shows a complete disrespect for the Big Ten. Well, I mean, they dropped. So they got to be 29 nothing. I mean, it wasn't even a game. LSU never really even threatened to score. Uh, they dropped from three to seven in front of Pac-12 leading Washington State, you know, a leading Big 12 team in West Virginia and a leading Big 10 team in Ohio State, all with one loss. Eight and one, West Virginia seven and one, and Washington State's eight and one. So that, I mean, I, I couldn't believe LSU State at number seven with two losses and two losses to one to a Florida team who's not very good, who has three losses. And one and, just, and one to Alabama who just shut them out. Yeah, exactly. And that Florida team actually just got blown out by Missouri, so that makes that loss look even worse. Um, you know, it's not the equivalent of Ohio State losing to Purdue, but you know, it's still a pretty bad loss. And then to look the way their offense looked against Alabama, I mean, their offense, even with Joey Burrow, has still looked sort of a net this year. You know, they have trouble scoring. Um I was looking at when I was watching the LSU Alabama game. I was looking at Burrow's stats. He's he had only thrown for fifteen hundred yards, um, six touchdown passes, and three interceptions halfway through the season. I mean, how is a starting quarterback? Are those your stats? You know that just shows a complete lack of creation in their offense. And how how they're still at number seventh is beyond me. Like you said, they were ahead of a one loss Pac twelve leading Washington State team, um, a one loss. Um, 
Big 12 team in West Virginia and a one-loss Big 10 leading Ohio State team. You know, it it's ridiculous. And if I was those other fan bases, I would be com- completely and utterly pissed with that, you know. Um, this committee just it, – it continues to show that it favors the Southeast. Um, and, you know, I don't want to just toot the Big Ten's horn. But, you know what, they're, they're showing a lack of uh, disrespect for all conferences. You know, because, you look, look, the Big 12 didn't get any respect this week. The Pac-12 didn't get any res- – nobody got any respect this week. And yet, somehow, the SEC still gets three teams in the top top six, seven. Yeah, they have three. If Alabama at one, Georgia at five, and LSU at seven. They also – Kentucky was number nine, lost to – got hammered by Georgia and dropped two spots to number 11. So, I mean, there's definitely something going on in that committee as far as that goes. Um, The top four, we obviously it changed. It went from Alabama and Clemson still stayed one and two. Notre Dame went up a spot to number three. And Michigan, eight and one, uh, moved up to number four with Georgia and Oklahoma right behind them as the next two, five and six. So, the playoff right now – I, I'm hearing a lot of talk about uh, Michigan. If they keep winning, if they continue to win and win the next three games, go 11 and one, and Notre Dame wins the next three games, it goes 12 and 0. There's a lot of talk of Michigan jumping Notre Dame because Michigan definitely is one of the hotter teams in the country. And if that happens, um, I'm. I mean, this thing's this is a crime because Notre Dame beat Michigan head up in the first game of the year. Um, I realize they're both different teams now, but they did beat them straight up head-to-head. And that should be the first tiebreaker in any playoff scenario. Anytime the conversations just start and end with head-to-head when you get into that committee room and the team that beat the other team head-to-head, the records are even remotely close, that should give them the edge over that, over the other team. Oh, completely. If Notre Dame comes in as an undefeated team um, and let's say – um, God help us all if Michigan wins out, you know, wins a Big Ten conference. Yeah, they they have one loss. They should be ranked behind them because, like you said, Notre Dame beat them in a head-to-head matchup. That should right there be the tiebreaker. That And, and with, with Michigan potentially winning the Big Ten conference, that makes that win look even better for them. You know, they beat a team that, um, you know, was struggling to find itself, and they seem to be catching their strides. You know, they're going to be a tough matchup either way. But definitely – Notre Dame should not be jumped um, by um, a one-loss conference champion if they finish out undefeated, you know. Um, if they don't finish out undefeated, they're probably not making the playoffs. But so, but just in general, you know, they, they should not be surpassed because of um, some bullcrap that uh, their, their schedule got weaker as the year went on or, you know um, – Michigan just seems to be uh, hitting its stride, and Notre Dame has kind of looked iffy in some games this year. You know, there, there's no excuse for that. Um, uh, you know, it's hard telling what this committee is going to do at this point. You're right. This the committee. Obviously, I mean, they don't value they they don't value head to head, as we saw a couple years ago when um, the Buckeyes got in over Penn State, and Penn State beat them head to head. But they did have one more loss. So the committee, I mean, I know the committee's charged with putting the top four teams in, you know, in whatever order into the playoff. But I think the conversations start and end with head-to-head matchups and wherever they fall, they they fall. But, you know, if you get beat head-to-head, then that should definitely take – 
precedence over anything else. But the, the rest of the playoff, I mean, it's going to be interesting going down the stretch because Alabama's got a couple. They have Mississippi State this week, and they have Auburn. And everybody outside of Alabama better hope that Alabama wins. Uh, they're out. They better hope they, they go through and win the SEC, SEC championship against Georgia. Because if Georgia happens to beat Alabama in the SEC, SEC title, Georgia will definitely be in, and I'd hate to see what happens. Um, because they won't, they're not going to drop Alabama farther than probably two or three if they do get beat in the SEC uh, championship game. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say it, Alabama's earned that right, you know. Um, if that was to happen, let's say Georgia does beat them in the SEC title game, I don't, I don't think there's no question you can, you can keep um, Alabama out of the playoff just because their one loss would be in the conference champion championship game to their conference's champion. Um, whereas you have, let's say, Ohio State wins out, you know, their one loss would be to a Purdue team that didn't even um, make it to the conference championship game and is, you know, they're not uh, – they're not usually a top competitor in the league. So, you know, um, it's going to be very interesting, and I think you're right. I think we definitely got to hope that Alabama wins out because at this point, you know, if they if they slip up and lose one game, you know, I still think they're going to get in. Yeah, I think there's no doubt they'll get – SEC will get two teams in if Alabama gets beat. But here's the hope and Alabama rolls the rest of the way and wins, goes undefeated, so we don't have to worry about that. And also Clemson. Uh, Clemson's going to win. I mean, they don't, there's nobody in the ACC outside of Clemson that's any good. Uh, Pitt's in the lead of the Coastal Division right now, so that's who Clemson, right? If it, if it is to happen tomorrow, that's who Clemson would play in the, the ACC Championship, and they'd probably beat them by 100. Uh, Notre Dame's got three games left. They have Florida State this weekend, which they just rolled their starting quarterback out, so they're back to Brandon Wimbush, who started the first three games of the year, and then they go to Syracuse at Yankee Stadium and out to uh, USC for the finale Thanksgiving weekend. Michigan, we know who they got. They got Rutgers this week. Um, I know they have somebody next week. And then they have Ohio State uh, coming up, which is the real game, the game that matters. Uh, that's going to be the game for the Big East, Big Ten East to see who will represent the Big Ten East in the Big Ten title game. Uh, whoever wins that game will probably win the Big Ten title game by 50 points. So that'll be the de facto Big Ten championship game. So these four teams have it set up. This could be the this four these four right here could be your um, your playoff in the big game deciding it. These four teams basically hold, hold hold their own control their own destiny with that Big Ten championship game, the Michigan Ohio State game, probably being the decider of the game four <coughs> if if they both hold serve till Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Clemson is definitely going to be in it at the end. You know, that, like you were saying, the, a the ACC is very weak. I mean, I'm going to go as far as the ACC is hot trash. You know, oh. they're, they're, they're very top-heavy. You know, like you said, Pittsburgh is leading the Coastal Division. You know, Clemson's going to destroy them in the conference championship game if that's who they face. Um, they'll, just, they'll probably destroy anybody, you know. Um, so, you know, that – there's that, um, you know, there's Alabama, obviously, um, there's Notre Dame who's looked good. Um, it's looking, there's a rumor going around that, uh, Ian book might miss the game this weekend, but I don't think that'll have any effect on Notre Dame. Um, 
You know, I think they're still going to roll. Um, I, don't, I don't know who they're facing, but, you know. Um, they, have Florida, they have Florida State. Book is out this weekend. They're playing Florida State, but Florida State is, like you, did, oh. like you said, hot trash. And it's supposed to be in South Bend on Saturday. It's supposed to be about 25 degrees and snowing. So those boys from Florida might not even show up on Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the Notre Dame's got that game by a long, by a long mile. And like you said, then – we get down to uh, Michigan, you know, I think the game, as long as Ohio State wins out, you know, they beat Michigan State, um, they beat Maryland, you know, they come into that game 10-1. Um, and one, um, You know, that's that's the de facto, like you said, that's the de facto uh, Big Ten championship game right there because um, there's just nobody in the uh, Big Ten West is going to um, compete with either of those two teams. Um you know, um, I think uh, Iowa or Northwestern is leading that right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I think actually, I think uh, Iowa just got beat, so Northwestern is in the lead for the um, for the Big Ten West. Yeah, and you know, I just uh, Northwestern has um, been kind of a surprise this year. I mean, they gave Notre Dame quite the fight last week, um, but I just can't see them keep staying in the game with a Michigan or an Ohio state. Um, so, you know, the playoff is going to be interesting this year, um, you know, and how it all shakes out. They have four losses. Northwestern has four losses right now. So in Akron, Akron beat them uh, earlier in the year. So I'm not sure. And as we all know, Northwestern is going to play hard every day, every time out, they're going to be well coached. Uh, but I mean, they're just, I don't, if they're playing Michigan or – and they played Michigan to a three-point game earlier in the year. So, I mean, they, they can play because they're going to give you everything they got there. It reminded me of an academy team where, you know, maybe they don't have the best talent, but they will play from whistle to whistle all the way through. So, they're going to play and they're going to fight you for as long as they can. But um, I, I just don't – a championship game, I just don't know how, how they would stack up in a, in a second game against Michigan – and then a game against Ohio State uh, coming out of the East. Yeah, um, I, I, I just, you know, they, they might, you never know with um, uh, put them in the spotlight like that, spotlight like that. You know, they do have a good quarterback. Um, Pat, Fitzger- Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach. He always has a well coach. Um, there's, there, it, you know, they've been so up and down this year, it's hard telling what Northwestern you're going to get. Um if indeed it is Northwestern that gets to the championship game, um, I think it, it, that would be the first time they've uh, had a chance to win the conference for years. I think since Pat Fitzgerald was playing for them, they hadn't um, done much in the conference. So, you know, that would be quite the surprise. Um, it, it would kind of be a feel-good story. Um, but you know, it's gonna, that, that feel-good story would end very quickly against an Ohio State. Yeah, I, have to, I tend to agree with you. Um, so that'll be, it'll be a great watching the next three weeks, four weeks as we head down the stretch of the regular season into the championship games for all the power five conferences, see how this playoff shakes out. Uh, here's Alabama winning the rest of their games. So they don't, they don't screw the rest of the country and get two SEC teams in the, in the, the playoff. So, but changing gears again, we're going to the NFL, our Brownies hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons come in with a high-powered offense. The Browns seem to have found seem to have found a little rhythm on offense last week against the Chiefs. Uh, their defense is still a little bit decimated, still a little bit down. Uh, so it, it looks to be a shootout in First Energy Stadium on 
Sunday. And uh, I like our Brownies' chances against the Falcons because the Falcons are not very good on defense. And depending on, they're a dome team, so depending on the weather, we may have a little advantage there as well on Sunday. Yeah, um, I like I like the way our offense looked last week. Um, Freddie Kitchens, you know, got uh, Duke involved. He got Chubb, um, got Chubb going, got Baker going. The offense looked really good last week. Um, Falcons defense has been banged up all year. They're uh, going to be throwing a newly signed Bruce Irvin out there against us. Um, he is familiar with Dan Quinn's system um, because he was a uh, defense coordinator in Seattle when Bruce Irvin played there. Um, but I just, I, their, their secondary has been banged up. They're a very vulnerable defense. You know, I think this is, this has the potential to be a shootout. Um, you know, they're not, they're not, um, this, this isn't the same offense that we were playing last week against Kansas City. I mean, there was no, there was absolutely no shot against Kansas City. I think it's a different story with the um, Falcons this week. Um, we get a few players back in the secondary. So hopefully, um, it looks like Demarius Randall's going to be playing. Hopefully, Denzel Ward played. Um, EJ Gaines just got put on the IR, as did uh, Christian Kirksey. So, you know, we're a little weak at linebacker, a little weak at set, at cornerback. So, um, hopefully uh, Denzel Ward plays so we can have somebody that can shut down Julio Jones. Because, as you know, Julio Jones is an absolute um, playmaker, elite playmaker. Um, he's um, easily one of the best wide receivers in the league. And if you can't stop him, then uh, you're going to have a lot of trouble stopping this South. Yeah, he's offense. definitely one of Matt Ryan's favorite targets. He has – Two other receivers, Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley, putting up some numbers this year as well. They probably have the best three set, three wide receiver set in the league with those three guys. Uh, not to mention Tevin Coleman can also get it done from the backfield. So the Falcons have they have offensive firepower uh, for their for our offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian to to put up the points. They've been putting up some points this year. Falcons, but as you said, their defense is a little bit suspect. Uh, so hopefully Baker's finding a rhythm under Freddie Kitchens. You know, getting the ball to Joku, getting the ball to Duke. Like you said, Duke Johnson scored his first two touchdowns last week, targeting Jarvis Landry a little bit more. You know, throwing the ball down the field to Antonio Callaway. They did some things last week that you know we'd been hoping to see for the past eight weeks, and we finally saw them in Week Nine against the Chiefs. Yeah, um, the offense looked incredible against the Chiefs. You know, um, Duke had his coming out party with nine catches for seventy-eight yards and uh, two touchdowns in that game. Um, you know, I'm hoping to see more of that this week. You know, um, Falcons um, they they don't do good against the um, the running back pass. You know, um, this could very well be um, a showdown between Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan. And hopefully what we see is um, a young quarterback come out on top, you know, um, right now we're, we're, you know, we're, we're not doing too well, you know, and another loss, loss for this team could, uh, you know, it could kill, kill any momentum that we, that we gained earlier in the season. Um, you know, it just, it just would be tough um, with the way our schedule is shaking out. We, I think we, this is a must win for yeah, us. Yeah, I was going to say, this looks, this game right here, looking at the schedule, is the game. If we're going to get any more wins this year, this is the game we pretty much got to get. Um, I, also, a guy we haven't mentioned, I think you mentioned him earlier, but Nick Chubb. I'd like to see Nick Chubb get up between, between 20 and 25 carries for 100 yards, a couple touchdowns, because he's, he could be, be our bell cow 
and handling the handling the rock, moving the chains, keeping that Falcons offense on the sideline, helping our defense out. And he's a guy who's explosive through the hole. And if he gets a chance, he can break one, you know, 50, 60 yards like he did earlier in the year. But he's also a guy who can get you four, eight, 12 yards in a crack, you know, to move those chains and help the defense out by keeping their offense on the sideline. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think um, that was one thing I had mentioned last week when we were playing Kansas City. If we were, if we had any chance of winning that game, you know, it would have been giving Duke the ball. And we did give Duke 20-plus carries in that game. Um, we got to do the same thing again this week because um, – you know, he's, he's just a, he's, he's an explosive runner. Um, and he, you know, he'll take the pressure off of Baker. Um, and like you said, he can, you know, he can break one easily for, uh, for a big run. Um, you know, um, it seems like our offensive line has done good blocking run in the run game. Um, not so good in the pass game. So hopefully, you know, um, they step up in this game and create some holes that Chubb, um, can take advantage of, you know, um, and keep their, keep Atlanta's offense off the field. You know, um, I think that's the, that's probably the best way to win this game is give the ball to Duke and keep that offense off the field. Yeah. That's, that's our, our best medicine, especially with the guys banged up, you know, Denzel Ward, even if he's back, he's not going to be a hundred percent. And like you said, Julio Jones is an elite big time playmaking receiver. They have Sanu, they have Calvin Ridley, you know, so Randall, if he's back, he's going to be a little banged up too. Not 100%. So that secondary still going to be working its way back against probably the best set of receivers in the league with a with a top seven, eight quarterback in the league. So, um, yeah, our best defense would be offense and keeping them off the field, you know, so they can't they, – they have less chances to score and it hopefully helps our offense out getting them drives, getting making a rhythm. And uh, get, if we can get the lead and keep the lead – and help let the Falcons play from behind. That would be ideal this Sunday, uh, this Sunday against the Falcons. Yeah, um, and another guy to watch out for in the Falcons, you know, is Tevin Coleman. You know, because the Browns have been, you know, they have they've been terrible. Let's let's just say it, they've been terrible against our run this year. Teams have been able to run against us. Um, they've been able to pass to the running back against us. You know, we haven't covered screens very well, so you know we don't cover. We don't cover running backs, period. So, you know, he's he's definitely going to be somebody that we have to keep an eye on, too. Um, so, um, if we if we can keep, like, like we both just said, if we can keep their offense off the field long enough and we can put up more points, you know, I think we can win this game. Um, you know, like you said, um, Denzel Ward is not going to be healthy. It's not going to be completely healthy. He has a hip injury um, if he plays. Um, he did practice today. Um, so that's good news. Um, let's hope that he continues to practice, um, throughout the rest of the week. You know, um, that'll, that without any setbacks, you know, that'll tell us, tell us a lot right there. Um, and you know, another thing that, um, the Browns have to do to win this game is they have to put pressure on the quarterback. The Browns have been really good defensively when they put pressure on the quarterback, but quarterbacks have killed them on the times where they were not able to get pressure on the quarterback. So I think Miles Garrett is going to have to uh, be an all-world defender in this game as well. Yeah, Miles Garrett, he's going to be counting on. He's going to be coming up, making big plays. He made big plays in the, in the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden it just kind of stopped. So hopefully he can get back on track because the Falcons are going to be putting the ball up, and uh, hopefully he can put some pressure on Matt Ryan and get some errant throws and maybe hopefully get some turnovers. 
Browns lead the league in getting turnovers, so that's one of our calling cards on defense. So we need that to continue on Sunday for the Brownies to be able to pull out the victory over the Falcons. So moving on, uh, usually this is the segment, the weekly segment where Mike from At Woke Up Winning is with us, giving us his picks. But he's out of town this week, but he sent us, sent me over some picks that he has. Sent me five NFL, five NCA picks for this weekend for all our listeners to take to the bank. So we'll start with the NFL. The first game he has, Charles, he has the Patriots at minus six over the Titans. He's liking the Patriots in this game. Well, of course he is. He's from Boston, so, you know, he's going to love his Patriots. But, you know, um, I don't think that's the only reason. You know, the Patriots, they're, they're a really good team. They always seem to uh, struggle in September, but catch their stride late in the year. You know, you got a Titans team that is coming off a big victory Monday night against um, Dallas. But, you know, I just I, – I can't foresee them being in this game. You know, I think um, New England has Sony Michelle coming back. Um, so they got their starting running back coming back. James White will go back into more of a pass-catching third-down um, back role. You know, Cordero, Cordero Patterson, um, who we actually saw run the ball last week, um, will go back more into special teams, uh, specialty player type of thing. So, you know, I think the Patriots offense will control this game. Um, and then Josh Gordon's going to be a big weapon in this game. You know, uh, he'll have Malcolm Butler on him. And Malcolm Butler's been garbage, hot trash this year, too. Um, so, you know, I like that pick. You know, I, I, I would I would definitely bet Patriots. Yeah, I like six. the Patriots under a touchdown, too. If this was a fist fight between head coaches, I'd take the Titans, but it's not. So we'll ride with the Patriots minus six. The next game he has the Eagles taking on the Cowboys Sunday night. He's got the Eagles minus six and a half again at home over the Cowboys. That's a that's a pretty low um, that's a pretty low um, spread right there. You know, I I mean I I think um, the Eagles are going to win this one and win this one big. You know, I would definitely bet Eagle in this game, but I I wouldn't be surprised if this was uh, a two touchdown win. Yeah, I don't. The Cowboys are the, the Cowboys seem to be hitting their uh, their their swoon here, where they struggle. They're going to struggle for the next three or four weeks. They're just not a very Good team. They're not a well coached team. They're just not very. They're not. They never improve during the year. So the Cowboys are what the Cowboys are. The Eagles seem to be on the upswing. Um, for you know, since the, they started off a little slower, but now they seem to be on the upswing. So I definitely like the Eagles at home Sunday night against the Cowboys minus six and a half. The next game he has is are the Saints. Going on the road, 1 o'clock in the afternoon at the Bengals. The Saints are minus 5.5. He likes the Saints over the Bengals. I love the Saints right now. Um, they they are um, absolutely destroying people offensively. I mean, look what they did to the Rams last week. Drew Brees is on fire. He's he's playing unworldly. And then, you, obviously, you have the dynamic duo at running back with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Um, and then you have... Our man Michael Thomas from the Ohio State, you know, destroying secondaries. And then you have to add in the fact that they just added Des Bryant. And as much as I hate Des Bryant, you know, I like him in this offense with Drew Brees, you know, because he's Drew Brees is a very accurate quarterback. He's going to get Des the ball where he likes it. So, you know, it's, it's just going to be another playmaker that um, uh, Drew Brees has in his pocket. 
Um, I think I think this is I think they're going to win this one big. Um, the Bengals don't have AJ Green in this game, so I th- I think this is going to be a big win. Um, I don't I, I I don't think the Saints cover. I think this is at least a two touchdown. Yeah, win. I, I agree there. The Saints. I mean, the Saints are going to score points. Breeze is playing like he's ten years younger right now, so he I mean he's accurate all over the field. Like you said, Mike Thomas is setting records with catches. Uh, Kamara and Ingram is a good one-two punch at running back. And now they just added Des Bryant, who can still catch the ball. He may not be the explosive playmaker he used to be, but he can still catch it. And, uh, you know, he'd be a good possession guy for him, especially he's going to get single covered with Michael Thomas on the other side. So I like the Saints scoring a lot of points. A.J. Green's out. I don't think the Bengals can score that many points. So I'm with you. I think the Saints win this. I think they win it big. Uh, the third game he has the Chargers. At Oakland, minus nine and a half, the Chargers. He likes the Chargers in this game. Um, I got to agree with him here. The Raiders are hot garbage. They have one win this year. That's the one they stole from the Brownies earlier in the year. But the Raiders have trouble scoring. They have trouble stopping anybody. They have no weapons on offense. Um, Yeah, I'm with him. Give me the Chargers all day in this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, the uh, Raiders are punting on the season. I mean, John Gurdon has, uh, is trading anybody and everybody at this point. You know, they're just, I, I just can't see them being competitive. Um, the Chargers have a, an elite offense. You know, they have Phillip Rivers, a quarterback, Melvin, Ing- Melvin Ingram at running back. You know, yeah, so give me the Chargers all day in this one. Yeah, the last game he has is the Packers at home, minus nine and a half. The Dolphins coming up to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Uh, give me the Packers. Anytime the Dolphins in November or December have to travel north, they never seem to do very good. Um, you know, they're just not very good up north. So give me the Packers at home. Aaron Rodgers, you know, just slinging the ball over the place. They're going to cover that nine and a half points, I think, with ease because the Dolphins just aren't very good. They're not good offensively. They're okay defensively, but Packers rolling this one probably by two scores. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins are notorious for starting good and then fading late in the year. Um, And then, you know, like you said, they're going up to the frozen tundra. Um, They're a warm weather team. You know, they don't play good in the cold weather. Lamar Miller just ate them alive last week. I think the Packers are going to – get Aaron Jones involved a lot in this game. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers um, coming off, I think, two straight losses now is going to be looking. He needs a win more than anything right now. So I think he's going to light this secondary up. You know, I think this is going to be a big win for the Packers. Um, and, you know, uh, Dolphins obviously lose. So I like that. Yeah, the Packers lot. are still fighting for their playoff lives right now. So they're going to need this win, especially a win at home. Uh, against the Dolphins to propel those playoff hopes. So, to recap his NFL picks, he likes the Patriots over the Titans at six, minus six and a half. He likes the Eagles Monday or Sunday night over the Cowboys, minus six and a half. The Saints over the Bengals as a road favorite, minus five and a half. The Chargers is another road favorite, minus nine and a half over the Raiders. That number can't be high enough, in my opinion. Um, the Packers uh, home against the Dolphins. He likes the Packers at minus nine and a half. Now switching gears to college football. Um, the first game he has is TCU at West Virginia. He likes the over at 56 points. I got to tell you, I like that over also. 
Yeah, TCU has been horrible this year. After the Ohio State game where they looked like they were going to be a pretty good uh, team, you know, they've just, um, they've just lost a lot of games, you know. They've lost big. West Virginia is coming off a big win against Texas. You know, I think you could probably play the emotional factor here. I don't think that's going to affect this team because they have a veteran at quarterback and Will Greer. Um, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, you know, I, 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 love the, I love that call. You know, I definitely think West Virginia – Rolls, yeah, I like West Virginia. Um, the over at 56. I think you can count 40 at least from West Virginia. That means you need two scores from TCU to cover it. So I like this over at 56 and the TCU at West Virginia game. is at noon at Morgantown. So like you said, West Virginia coming off an emotional win over Texas, but they're at home. So that, that helps out a lot. And it's at noon. TCU's coming there. I think West Virginia rolls. Um, as you said, TCU hasn't been playing well. For crying out loud, they lost to Kansas. So I think West Virginia scores at least 40, probably 50. They may get this over by themselves. The second game he has is UCLA plus 14 at Arizona State. UCLA has, got, has been getting better under Chip Kelly. Um, Arizona State, with Herm Edwards at the helm, has been playing a little bit better themselves. It's at 2 o'clock in Tempe. Um, Arizona State coming off an emotional big win versus Utah, uh, but they're at home versus uh, UCLA. So um, he likes UCLA getting the two touchdowns, though. And I got to tell you, I like any time that uh, teams getting two touchdowns in college football. Yeah, you know, that is interesting. Um, I kind of like Arizona State in this game. Um, Herm Edwards has uh, done a, a hell of a job this year with uh, the Sun Devils, you know. Um, they've had some really big wins this year, you know. Um, I can definitely see um, UCLA covering um, with the, getting the two touchdowns. But, you know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't uh, just because uh, Herm Edwards will have his team prepared um, and they play you hard, they play you tough. Um, they're a good football team. Yeah, Chip Kelly's got that team improving every week. Um, the UCLA team, right now they've got two wins, but – They've been getting better every week and going to Arizona State, getting two touchdowns. Uh, anytime you're betting college football, give me the two touchdowns, and we'll go from there. The next game he has is USC, a uh, home favorite, minus five against the oh, California coming to USC. He's got USC minus five. He likes USC in that game. Uh, I, I like it. California's not real good on the road. Um, they're playing some teams tough, but uh, going to USC, I think USC covers that five points. Yeah, uh, California is really tough defensively, um, but they're not really great offensively. Um, I think USC um, covers this game and wins it pretty easily. I like that pick. Yeah, the next game he has is Georgia Tech um, minus three. Against, let me check this out real quick. Uh, Georgia Tech hasn't been real good this year, but oh, they're playing Miami of Florida this week at home. Um, so they're they're minus three. Miami of Florida struggled this year. Georgia Tech struggled, but Georgia Tech runs that offense where um, you know it's triple option, just like Paul Johnson ran at Navy. So it can give you some problems if you haven't seen it very often. And not very many teams have seen it. So, you know, that'll, that could give Miami some trouble. 
Yeah, you got two struggling teams. Uh, Miami just has not looked good this year. Um, Mark Rick, you know, he had a good year, first year last year, um, and then obviously they've fallen off a cliff this year. Um, you know, and then, you know, that triple option that Georgia Tech runs, you know, it's going to give anybody trouble. So, you know, I definitely, I definitely like that pick. I think Georgia Tech wins this one and wins it pretty easily. Um, you know, I just, I, you know, it'll, it'll probably come down to the wire, but, you know, um, I don't, I don't think it'll be that tough, you know. Um, Georgia Tech's offense, um, moves the ball good for knowing what they're going to do. Um, they run that triple option. Yeah. They, you know. Anytime you get two bad teams, Usually, and it's a close spread, you always take the home team. And Georgia Tech's at home in this one. And Miami seems to have mailed it in uh, for their season because they're struggling this year. The final game he has is Purdue at the Minnesota Golden Gophers. He likes Minnesota, a home dog, getting 11 points. Um, I got to say, I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about this because I'm not sure which Purdue team is going to show up. Is it the one that played Ohio State? Two weeks ago, or is it the one last week, or three weeks ago, and the one, or the one last two weeks ago that scored 13 points against Michigan State, or the one last week who scored 38 and beat Iowa. So it's hard to tell which Purdue team you get. So in that case, give me the home dog, give me Minnesota, and the and 11 points. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, the road favorite. You know, I think Purdue definitely wins this game. I think you know they're gonna get themselves back on track this week. You know. Minnesota's not really a good team. Um, Purdue, uh, they're a lead offensively. I think they get it together, and Rondell Moore makes some yeah, plays. Yeah, the thing about Purdue is they're a young team um, with a new coach, and, you know, they're struggling. They play well at home, as most young teams do, and they struggle on the road. So I think that's where this line comes from, and I think that's where this pick comes from. So, yeah, I like to pick Minnesota plus 11 uh, at home against the Purdue Boilermakers because you don't know which Purdue you're going to get every week. So, recapping his NCAA picks, he likes the TCU WVU over 56 points, UCLA getting 14 at Arizona State, Minnesota, the home dog, getting 11 against Purdue, Georgia Tech, the home favorite, minus three against the Miami Hurricanes, and the USC Trojans, minus five uh, against the California Golden Bears at USC. So, those are his 10 picks for for the week. Um, Mike, hopefully he joins us next week. He was on the road this week, so he wasn't able to call in and uh, give us a segment here. But So he, he texted me his picks so we could talk about them. But those are 10 picks. Get on board. Get on board with him. Take those to the bank for this weekend and win some money. But So, Charles, big weekend of football coming up. Uh, football season is hard to imagine. Football season is winding down here in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, it's crazy to think how fast the seasons went, you know. Um, I'm not ready for it to end, um, you know, even with the struggles that we've seen from both of our teams here in Ohio lately, you know. Um, I'm still not ready for it to go, you know. For, this is, like, my favorite time of the year. We got Thanksgiving coming up. Um, that's my favorite holiday, food and football. What more could you ask? Exactly, for? exactly. This, I'll tell you what, and we don't mention this very often, probably not as much as we should, but, um, you know, the other Ohio college teams we have, we have the Mac schools in Ohio also. And one thing the Mac does, which is awesome, is from about um, October, the end, about Halloween to Thanksgiving, the Mac conference will play all week long. So we always have – we have football from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we have football seven days a week now through Thanksgiving. 
um, until the end of the college football season. So thank goodness for the MAC conference giving us football during the week. But uh, yeah, this is a, I, I'm sad to see college football winding down. It'll be bowl season before we know it. The next thing you know, we're going to be Super Bowl, then the draft, and we're just going to do it all over again. So time flies, but we're having fun. And even though we're the the Brownies are probably the most exciting two win team in the history of football because every week I'm excited to watch them with the optimism of the team and hopefully hoping they can pull out that next win. Yeah, ba- Baker Mayfield has uh, put this has got this team on a whole nother level. You know, he's he's exciting to watch. You know, when he's making plays, even when he isn't making plays, he's still exciting to watch just because you're wondering what he's going to do, how he's going to respond. Um, you know, like you said, it is sad to see um, this college football season wind down. I mean, I, I think college football is probably one of the best um, things out there, you know, because you just – you never know what's going to happen with it. You know, NFL, you, you know what you're going to get most of the week. Um, doesn't seem like we're getting too much of that with the Browns this year. You know, they, they, they've surprised us quite a few few times this year. You know, hopefully they continue to surprise us and get a win on Sunday against Atlanta. And let's hope um, our, all our other Ohio teams um, – you know, take care of business this yeah, week too. You know, with with football winding down, we also have the beginning of college basketball and the pros. Cavaliers started off slow. They've already on their second coach of the year. The Buckeyes started off on Wednesday. They got a big W over Cincinnati uh, to open the season. So um, basketball is right around the corner. Sports in Ohio never stops. So tune in to 88 Problems of Sports 8-1 every Monday and Friday for your updates from Ohio Sports. From Charles and myself, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Sunday to recap the games.